You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm Rick, and I'm here with Paul and Anna. How are you guys doing? I'm pretty hot, but fantastic. We're having a, a nice late summer happening here, and, and the skies are relatively clear where uh, I am. Oh, nice, nice. And Paul? Do you want, like, the weather where I'm at, or how I'm doing? Um, Whichever one you feel is more interesting. <laughs> I could talk about the local uh, the local team and, and how they're doing in sports ball, if you'd like. <laughs> I, if you want, if that's important it, to you. It's this idle chat at a checkout line at the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I take that as a nothing. (laughs) I'm um, good. I was good the whole time. Okay, good, good. Uh Uh, I I am actually good, although sometimes my tone betrays that. Um, (laughs) Okay, so this is a follow-up to last week's episode in which we talked about great games that forgot to be fun and as the internet is wont to do they we got kind of semantically dissected in our use of words which i understand can be a little bit confusing uh because again if you really want to break down semantics nothing really means anything at all uh (laughs) so I'm not really sure at this point exactly what I'm going to title this episode, but what we're kind of going for is basically the opposite of that. How would you guys really kind of um, sort out to describe this to somebody who uh, um, kind of needs us to explain it to them? I would say games that that had the odds stacked against them. (laughs) Generally speaking, this game was fun in spite of itself. Like maybe, you know, I thought I thought there was a lot of things broken with the storyline or or mechanically or this there's just one or many reasons why it it wasn't technically a a great game or a masterpiece of a game but it doesn't matter because i had fun with it anyway Mm -hmm. i guess the best way to describe this episode would be they're technically not good Mm -hmm. or there's like a reason for them there's an argument to be made for them not being good Mm -hmm. but they were fun yeah yeah no Games that were fun that just weren't very good. So I want to bring up Leisure Suit Larry, Magna Cum Laude, Magna Cum Laude. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but I think it was intended to be pronounced Magna Cum Laude. Uh, yeah. Oh, gross. Okay. Right, yeah. Speaking of semantics, we just really broke down Laude. <laughs> Laude, Laude. Um, yeah. It was, it was, I, when I got this game, I didn't know anything about, uh, who made what. And I wasn't really paying attention. It was at a time in my life where I was like, ooh, it's another Leisure Suit Larry game. And there hasn't been one in a really long time. And I went to like Future Shop. Cause remember, they actually sold games back in the day like that. And I picked it up and brought it home. And it was fun. It was cool. There was mini games and, you know, you got to talk with girls and, and, it wasn't Leisure Suit Larry, like I was looking for a storyline, but I think for what it was, it was a lot of well, fun. That's a, that's a great example, Anna, for, for I think what we're trying to say is like a, ga- a game that that just maybe shouldn't have been good, but you're like, hey, I had fun anyway. 
And being younger, well, even now, I love it when they reference the other games. So they'd be like, oh, well, on his computer screen, he's playing Leisure Suit Larry for the missing floffies. Or you get the hey dildo sound. And it just, it has those cool little references. So it wasn't like completely out there. It just, it wasn't anything to do with the same. I, I would call it like hero you to quest for glory almost. But, you know. Yeah. Um, I've, actually heard the you know medium reviews about that leisure suit larry game um it's not like box office bust which apparently was just like the drizzling shits Ugh, yeah no i, I was <laughs> not gonna bring that one up in this game in any in any manner yeah that was so, so I, descriptive i could taste it yeah you never heard that expression before no i haven't oh okay yeah no it's yeah it's pretty graphic but you're right i have heard the argument before that it is actually fun even if it's not uh, for all its flaws, for all the things that make it not Leisure Suit Larry or not a great game or whatever. I've heard some people say that they actually kind of guiltily enjoyed it. So, yeah, perfect. Yeah, It didn't go over well. Apparently, they asked Al to be on the game like he was going to have a role in it. And he's like, oh, yeah, OK. And then they bailed on him. So he was like, fuck that game. <laughs> but that I didn't know that then either. Right. Totally innocent. Totally innocent. I don't get why they would turn him down either. That's so strange. Like, you'd have like, the opportunity. Not, like, put his picture on your box, maybe? Like, if he's there, come on. Shh. All right, this is a game I love. It's one of my favorite games, probably. But on paper, Space Quest Six has a <laughs> lot of problems. It, it maybe shouldn't have been as fun as it was. The, the, the storyline itself breaks the timeline of, of Space Quest and Roger's arc almost completely. It acts like most things didn't happen besides like a quick nod here and there. And then second, and maybe more importantly, is that the puzzles are all the worst. They're just the worst kind of moon logic in the world. Mm -hmm. Like they are the mm -hmm. epitome of, of just like I felt gaslighted by that game. It's, <laughs> especially, or, or maybe gaslighted by the walkthrough who just nonchalantly made it sound like I should have got that. Um, <laughs> so, so for those reasons, that's why I say, yeah, it's, you know, Technically speaking, I don't think it's a great game. You shouldn't break the, ca the 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 main character's story arc in a game, and you shouldn't make puzzles that are enragingly nonsensical. But at the same time, I had so much fun playing it. I mean, it was it was just a great time. I mean, not all or just because of Gary Owens, him and and the narration and the writing, of course, of the narration was a huge part of it. But but anyway, yeah, I, I had a lot of that, a lot of fun playing that game despite the game kind of trying to get me to hate it. <laughs> I can totally see that. Uh, mm -hmm. We've discussed at great length throughout <laughs> many numerous episodes our opinions on Space Quest VI. So, mm -hmm. um, uh, but yeah, I, I guess the only thing I can really throw in at this point that I haven't beat to death in the past is that uh, uh, you're right that it, on paper, I can really pick it apart as to why I shouldn't like this game or why i think i don't like the game but as soon as i turn it on and i play it it's a blast mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly yeah it brings me back because again it was i was excited to get a space quest game when it came out it was in a small box and i hadn't uh had a new space quest game i don't know how long it was between them but at least to me it felt like it had been a long while so i was just stoked to get it so I don't remember having a lot of problems with it when it first came out. Not until I started to understand the storyline and started to dissect it a little bit more. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. It's not the greatest game. But it's a good game. It's not bad.
I like the store. They sell the body parts and stuff. I thought that was pretty sweet. That was probably my least favorite part of the game. That, was my, that was my most <laughs> memorable. I've told ever since then, I've said to people, oh, I'll just go to the store and buy you a new hand. If they're like, my hand hurts. I actually don't and know I if there's any reason that. to go into that store. Is there? Like, I don't think I actually did anything there. Just to look at everything and laugh. The, 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 the convenience store with E.T.? No, the no. Um, with Fester Blatz. Yeah. Just the random stuff store. And, and he has like various extra body parts in case you like lose one. You do have to get something from it, but I don't remember. Yeah. Something late in the game, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you go back there? Because I don't yeah, think I did back. anything. Oh, okay. You, I you need to finish the game still, Rick. You got to get back on that stream. I don't want to. Oh, That's please. the problem. I know you've got all these, like, I've only seen the th- one third of how many games now. Like, where's the rest of Gold Rush, man? Yeah, yeah. you're going to owe us so many apologies when you finish Gold Rush. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you're going to reach the ending and you're going to be like, whoa. That tied it all together. It was like Lebowski's rug. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure, I, I do give these games a harder time than they probably deserve. And uh, I feel a little bit bad about that because I have in the past said that we kind of want to try to take a little bit more of a positive spin on things rather than just being negative for the sake of being negative, which is kind of exactly what I do to Gold Rush. <laughs> so I do feel bad making fun of it so much. I really just do it for Paul's expression, to be perfectly honest, just because mm-hmm. I, I like hearing his soul die just a little bit each time. <laughs> there's there is like positive negativity isn't there like if it's done for a laugh to make other people smile or, or i mean i know you just said you do it to hurt me which is the opposite <laughs> of what i'm describing but in the spirit of ball breaking you know what i mean it's 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 fun to have fun you know just let yeah. me get, uh, get off our backs about it <laughs> um Yes, I mean, it's tough because like a lot of – it was hard for me to come up with uh, some really good examples of things that were just sort of like objectively in quotation marks, not good in quotation marks, but were still fun uh, for me. I guess probably – I guess – a good example for me is a game I've talked about quite a few times. I even did like a whole episode on it before. It's a, a it's a game called Planet's Edge. Not really well known. It was um, there's good and bad about it. I think a lot of it is pretty choppy. A lot of it is feels kind of rough around the edges. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because, like I said, I've already kind of talked about it to death in the past. Not that that's ever stopped Paul from talking about some of his games. But um Gold Rush is my next pick. Is it? Seriously? <laughs> no, no, it's not. Oh, of course not. It's not bad on paper. It totally is. Actually, no, on paper <laughs> it's great. I I admit that. On paper it's great. Damn it, um, you always find a way to hurt me with that. <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh but again, Planet's Edge is just a great game. Uh, it's fun. Uh there's so much I appreciate it. Uh, I've explained before that it's just a it's a game that is just a little bit greater than the sum of its parts. Like it's there's not any one specific thing about it that's particularly great. Uh, the animation is actually kind of terrible in it, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, controlling the characters is uh, quite a chore at times, but it's mm-hmm. fun. It's just so fun. Like the you know going to each planet 
and they're all like an episode. It's very Star Trek-y in that way. Like each one has his own little soap opera. It's like playing a, it's literally playing a space opera in almost every single way. It mm-hmm. It's just so charming. It's fun. I, I really want to play more of it. I just keep getting sidetracked every time because it's quite a big game. Uh, there are parts of it that do kind of stretch out and it kind of make you uh, do, you know, harvest resources and that gets a little bit, uh, tedious so that's usually the parts where I kind of end up giving up on it a little bit but just when you actually get down to it to like the little episodes and play the little stories it's it's just so fun and charming and just like this little mm-hmm. um it's it's like mm-hmm. playing a downgraded version of like the Star Trek 25th anniversary kind of game mm-hmm. so but yeah, so I mean, I guess that's why I picked. There's not really a whole heck of a lot. I know neither of you have really played it before or at all. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I'll move on, I suppose. I'm just throwing <laughs> that one out there. Well, if, if I played it I'd, and liked it, then it would be on my list too. Because the way it mm-hmm. looks, I, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. the way it looks. <laughs> okay, so you're looking up. You know what I'm talking about. Like the graphics are not... Like the graphics of the actual, like when you land on the planet and like adventure, they kind of suck. Uh, if you look at all the other graphics, they're actually pretty great. I don't know why if you see any other screens. Yeah, well, that's the weird part is is like you're describing. Like eight out of ten screens look just the worst, and then and not not necessarily even the art, but just for like you know what I like in a game, or whatever. But there's a few screens that look really intriguing, like really adventure gamey and and mm-hmm. up my alley. Like like what screens are you uh, referring to? Like uh, what what do you see right now? As far as a good screen, there's there's um it's a, it it's like a colony uh, like a space station on the moon's surface. Yes, that is like, like a singular instance. Like seriously, there's no other screen that really <laughs> is like that elsewhere <laughs> in the game. Um, all of the like there's that there's like the spaceport where you see your ship. That's like really cool. Yeah, that's really cool too. I'm looking at that um, right now. I guess what I don't like is like the top down views yeah. like with that checkerboard thing and, yes. and the. The top down of the moon surface, the moon surface could have been better. That's pretty. Uh, yes, those are where it kind of falls apart because that's where the graphics and the animations are really phoned in. But yeah, yeah. so that's why it's kind of like I, I can't defend that because even that does kind of wear me down a little bit when I play it. But it is actually really fun just to, when you play <laughs> it. Like You can't look at a picture and understand it. But when you actually play it, it's... I mean, I know you just hate anything that's not adventure, Paul. Um, this is true, yeah. Anna, you might actually I, really quite like it. Yeah, I mean, I'd give it a go. Mm-hmm. For the adventure segments of the game, picture Ultima 6, but just a little bit less. Because you can tell that it's totally trying to kind of uh, mimic the Ultima 6 engine. But it just doesn't do as good of a job. And you know, then I wouldn't like, have guessed that just looking at the gameplay. No? No. Oh yeah, it's pretty obvious when you play it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've played Ultima Six, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I played an Ultima game once. Remember? No, you didn't. I've never finished an Ultima game. <laughs> I know that the beginning of it has the space quest look with the red around the blue planet's edge. One of the pictures I'm looking at. Wow. Probably heavily influenced by Space Quest. I'm guessing. This one. Yeah. I don't think so. Nothing no. about it really struck me as Space Quest. Interesting. Yeah, I've never seen it. Pretty colors, though. Mm-hmm. Such a girl thing to say. Oh, my God. But oh, the <laughs> colors are so pretty. They, like, coordinate so well. 
I, I would say that any graphics in the game that aren't the actual like away missions are actually really quite good. Mm-hmm. Like any of the uh, cockpit views when you're uh, or whatever the bridge view rather not cockpit. Uh, but when you like hail other aliens, like those, that's pretty good, cool art there. When you see like uh, talking to the other races. Yeah, I like how it does it. Brings it up in the big center screen and you're all on the comm and like doing your serious work. I like it when they come up with creative aliens or other species you have to deal with too. I think that's part of the charm of some of these games. And that's the same with a game like Warcraft or Heroes of Might and Magic or Final Fantasy, for example. Those Mm -hmm. cool character creations and monsters or aliens that keep you intrigued and wanting to know what they're all about. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what game probably shouldn't have been, had no business being great, but it was, is James Pond 2 Robocod. Uh, <laughs> I remember the name. I never played it. Is that a real <laughs> thing? I've never heard of that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, um, I, I don't want to say it was big at the time, but I definitely heard about it a lot when it came out. I don't even remember why it was great. You're just, you're just a, a stretchy fish, and, and it was a bloody good time. Like, the one thing he could do was just delightful, <laughs> which which was stretch a little bit. Like three inches upwards. Did, did, did you actually play it though? Because it's not an adventure game. Yeah, I did as, as a kid, and I, I always forget that I've played a, a decent amount of, of console games, but but not in like twenty years. So right. Well, actually, I forgot that it was console. What system was it for? I know. I'm pretty sure there was also a computer version. I'm pretty sure that's the part that I actually read up on. I, what console think, was it for? I think it was Mega Drive. Oh, that's probably why I don't know. I have all respect for the Mega Drive, but I have not really played very much on it, except for like the same games that everyone's played on it. Is it, wait is and is that that's what was sold as Genesis over here, right? Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then that mm-hmm. one. It's funny you should we should all of a sudden bring up consoles this episode because I think that's like kind of uh, uh, my big shining example for a game that was actually a lot more fun than it had any reason to be. Uh, but Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. I actually had a lot of fun playing it. No, I didn't finish it because it was actually impossible because it really didn't make any sense uh, what Hmm. to do or how to do things or anything like that. But be that as it may, just like turning it on for like an hour at a time, just running around killing things and just Simon's questing all over the place. I don't know. uh, (laughs) However old I was, I was a kid. It was fun. I had a great time with that one. Yeah, I played it. I've never owned it, but I had a friend who had it, and I've rented it before, and mm-hmm. it was hard. I mean, to me, I, I didn't really get really far in it. I found it frustrating, but fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun, though, right? Yeah. No, I, I had no time that I regret spending my $6 or whatever yeah. on it. So. And it gave us that awesome Bloody Tears theme, which is like one of the greatest <laughs> yeah. video game themes of all time. Yeah, I remember the theme, which is how I know I've played it, but I don't I don't remember playing it. I well, you might not have necessarily played it because it is one of those themes that is so awesome that it's basically entered the collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I could totally that, see somebody knowing the tune without playing the game. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure that we that we had that growing up. Did Did you lot have? Um, we had a weird system growing up. Um, Turbo graphics. Yes, oh, I didn't have it. But I totally remember I didn't have all one, about but it. Yeah, yeah, right. And we so we had Splatterhouse and then Bonk, but Bonk yep. was amazing. 
Bonkers Bonk great. is a great game. Yes. I love that game. You're, yes. you're not officially entering that into this list because there's nothing bad <laughs> about Bonk. Everybody listening, hear that, okay? I don't. We're gonna <laughs> still get an angry letter about it. <laughs> it came up in that episode. <laughs> We're not going to put Bonk on the thumbnail. <laughs> no, that was a great game. Uh, Splatterhouse mm -hmm. as well was really good. Bonk is another one that I rented. I just I loved the the idea of being able to bust things up with your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was my nickname for a bit too because my my head grew faster than my body. <laughs> Bonk. <laughs> you knew that many people who had a TurboGrafx-16 that they could actually nickname you Bonk? No, it's just my brother. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, just, speaking I, of I secretly have always wanted a nickname, and that was as close as I ever got. So <laughs> That's all you're getting, Bonk. It's cute now, though. So what about bloody license games, right? That That's a category where it's like... Especially back in the day, I know licensed properties have become more popular and become kind of a thing lately, but when we had Al Lowe on the show, he was saying that, that way back in the day, they, they kind of just let their Disney license go because way back when licensed games weren't going well. And so anyway, it's, it's been a struggle, I think, for licensed games in the PC gaming world to get anywhere. But games like, I don't know, Bill and Ted and, and Wayne's World and Zorro, and there's just been a mess of them that, mm -hmm. that were generally regarded as garbage. So mm -hmm. again, something that... that Probably, I, I think it kind of had no business being a great game, and it was so much fun, which was Beavis and Butthead's uh, Virtual Stupidity. Oh, That game was a blast. It was so much fun. <laughs> I would have never thought that a Beavis and Butthead licensed game from the middle of the 90s, when there was like Rugrats and Daria and just all these horrible point and clicks, that, that emerged as like an actual great game, or at least a lot of fun. Um, I, I can't speak to that particular game, but in terms of licensing... Uh, it, it's always been a mixed bag because you get like, you know, these days you get some pretty good ones. Like it depends what you even consider licensing, honestly. Like, is it just anything that was based on like an existing property that was licensed for games? But I know movie licensing has notoriously always just been the worst, right? Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I guess from, from my own definition of it, not saying it's the definitive one, but yeah, that's what I'd be referring to is like a, an IP that was purchased just to exploit it in a quick cash grab game. Right. Going back to Beavis and Butthead, I thought it was great. I thought the music they selected for it was funny. I have the yeah. big box right now. It's, it's a fun box. It's a good game. You know, it's, it still held a little bit of a value. I picked it up for $40 Canadian. So that's probably about the same as it was selling for in the first place. And, you know, Guar, <laughs> Primus, Sausage. Come on. This stuff's great. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Primus. And no, the, the box is now going, going for a lot. Cause I've been looking one for a, looking for one for a while and they're, they're bloody up there. They're they're up there. Yeah, nineties, hundreds now. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Hmm. But yeah, it's one of those those weird non Sierra non Lucas arts that that got Scum VM support. Somebody in the Scum team has like some serious love for it to have made it work with Scum VM. <laughs> so is it like an adventure game? I don't really know anything about this. Like, I honestly, I I am one of the people who did not really like Beavis and Butthead growing up, even though I was like that age that was supposed to have. Um, right. It's yeah. Kind of like it, you have to do stuff and you have to talk to people and you have to complete little tasks. It's it's like a mix of things, really. 
Yeah, I, honestly, I can't remember it so well because I, I played it way back in the day, but it's definitely a point-and-click interface. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and being that, that I brought it up and like it, it, it definitely is hev- heavy on the adventure side. <laughs> there were no RPG elements for it to have made it into my memory. Because <laughs> uh, looking at it, it looks like it probably is a more point-and-click adventure than any, or adventure of some sort than so anything point-and-click mixed in with minigames. Oh. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Well, that sounds like it could be fun. Do, do people, is, I, I guess the fact that it's licensed kind of like made people think be bad. Was, was there anything that was actually objectively bad about it that it's fun in spite of? No, I th- I think the the reason I'm mentioning it now for this episode, I guess, is, is just I have such a preconceived notion against licensed games from being burned before like like with wayne's world and uh dark half and and daria and and uh, rugrats which i played with my son all right no i didn't um (laughs) it was me by myself no but i i'm saying it because i just i played so many licensed games or ip property games that that were just utter rubbish that that i was just i'm just shocked that one of them and it was right in that that period like 98 where Point and click was just about to die, but but it, or adventure was just about to die, but it hadn't yet. So that was like the popular go to genre. Mm-hmm. So like all these IPs just got point and click games, and you know you nowadays you look back and you see this long list of like, hey, I loved that movie, or like you know I loved Wayne's World. Oh my God, there's a point and click Wayne's World. Oh, here's one. There's a point and click Ace Ventura. I bloody love that movie, <laughs> and you all probably know it. Um, <laughs> so it's like the weirdest things from Wayne's World to Ace Ventura to Beavis and Butthead all got these point and click games and, and besides Beavis and Butthead they just all were just horrible to right. me <laughs> so that's that's why I'm putting it on the list so it, it, despite it being licensed aka horrible it was great well funny enough um, you mentioned Dark Half there and I kind of got a chuckle because I totally forgot about that game and I've heard nothing but bad things and if I really think about it like I don't know I can't I actually didn't mind that game. This is going to like destroy my credibility because I know everyone hates it. And apparently it's like supposed to be one of the worst games ever. I kind of liked it. I, and I don't even really know why. Like, I think it was just because it was a game that I had. Th- that was the game that I played at that time for no reason whatsoever, just randomly. And, um, I did well enough, and I don't. I can't compare it to anything else that Starcraft. I never read the book. I never saw the movie, so it was like fine to me. Like I wouldn't say it was a classic, but I actually kind of liked it. Is part of the problem <laughs> that people don't think it lines up with the actual storyline? Is it go against canon? I don't know. I honestly don't. I've just like, you know, it's it's a game that I liked, and I just keep hearing people saying that it was like the worst game ever. So I just kind of like nod my head and say, well, you guys must be right because I don't really remember it very well except that I had fun. <laughs> so I, I'm not saying that it's going to hold up. Um, I, I could possibly go back and uh, not... Like, there are things that made me sort of think, huh, that's weird. But nothing that ever prevented me from enjoying playing it. Like, there were things that were uh, don't make logical sense. And... Um, which is a valid argument to make against it if things don't make logical sense for various reasons and take you out of the experience. But I don't know. I I just took it as it was. I just took it as a game and I played it and it was I had a mm-hmm. good time with it. Yeah, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I've read all of the books and I didn't even know that the dark half was a game, so this is new to me. Hmm. I, I'd be curious to know what your opinion is of it, because it's <laughs> a full on point and click adventure game. 
yeah. it looks very yeah. pretty. And I'm I'm fully just bandwagoning that, like you had said, mate. You've heard so many people trash it that that I'm just I'm just kind of assuming that that it's bad. I played it, I played very little bit of it a long time ago when I, when I was a kid, and so it was like pre walkthrough era for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it, I remember it being too hard and quitting, but that's that doesn't mean the game mm-hmm. is too hard because again, I was I was really young, like I was probably you know eleven or something. Um, that was the other way. It was like one of the only games I actually finished without a walkthrough. Um, and you know, there's stupid things about it. Don't get me wrong, but just nothing that ever, they just things that sort of made me cock my head and go like, huh, as opposed to actually like <laughs> shaking my fist at it. Like things like, right. um, you know, one of the things is that you have to like, uh, in order to get into the zone for writing, you have to like smoke cigarettes and mm-hmm. you don't just like go out there and like get a pack of cigarettes and smoke them. You like find a handful of cigarette butts at, in like a car or something <laughs> and then that's just like what you light to start smoking it's you know those weird things like uh stupid like shoehorned in for the sake of wanting to be an adventure game kind of puzzle work like that wow um, they shared rocket hard and castle rock jeez what that that's the city oh no i, I know <laughs> what castle rock is but i i, I wasn't sure if that's like a tagline or something I no, I'm just like smoking cigarette butts as a go-to. Like, can he not oh. afford to go to the store? Is that a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like one of like the final puzzles is sort of like to prevent this guy from slashing you with a razor. You like momentarily distract him and swap it out with a dull razor. So the guy, mm-hmm. every time you like do something that makes the guy want to slash you, he'll slash you with a dull razor so it doesn't kill you. And then he'll like move on. Because, like, his intent apparently was never to actually kill you, but just, like, hit you with whatever was in his hand at that moment. So, wow. you know, Yo, there, there's a tetanus weird... shot after that. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> so there's weird logics. Like, there's, stu- there's stupidity to it that I fully understand. That's, like, if you really break it down, it's like, okay, that was pretty dumb. But, <laughs> again, it was just, like, it was a point-and-click adventure game, and I just took it as a game. I, I think... I think stupid logic and nonsensical puzzles have just always sort of been there for me that I just sort of, I'm not phased when yeah. I come across it anymore. Yeah. I just take that <laughs> as video game logic as opposed to, oh, we're at the time, at the time. I think nowadays I'd be a lot more critical of that sort of thing. But at the time that I played it, I'm sure I would hate it if I play it now. Maybe, who knows? But uh, at the time, I just, that was the logic to me. Just sort of, hey, it's a game. This is what it did. You just do as the game tells you. I wasn't really discerning back then. There's a difference too between nonsensical and and moon logic. Like uh, I don't know the the bit in in Space Quest Six where you have to freeze the the uh, the android in the basement or whatever he is. Like that to me, that's just the epitome of moon moon logic. It was so convoluted, etc. Where it's just maddening. An example to me of, of nonsensical, which would be like the razor blade, like instead of disarming him, you know, you're, you're going to make it dull and he's just going to, all he really wants to do is just graze you with a blade and he's, yeah. not, he's not really concerned what happens from there on out. Yeah, but exactly. A, a, a good example, and to come in defense of, of a infamously detested uh, puzzle solution would be the, the pie in, in King's Quest V. Where I I don't I don't see that as moon logic. I just see that as as nonsensical. Like it's just kind of silly. But like in the moment, there's nowhere you can go, and there's nothing to pick up on the screen, no no mm. objects to pick up. So all you have is what's in your inventory, and from what's in your inventory, there's like I don't know, at the time there's like eight or so items, and basically it comes down to a pie or a boot. 
So it's like, you know, maybe you try the boot first. I'm going to throw my shoe at him first. Sure, you die, and then you go back, and you're like, okay, well, all it's left is a pie. I mean, I have seen people hit in the face with pies before. That is a thing that exists yeah. in our in, in the ether. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. So I, I don't find it that ridiculous. I, I mean, not, not uh, any more or less so than anything else in any of those games. But anyway, my point was just to say this. I don't mind nonsensical, and it's definitely a difference between that and moon logic. Yeah, fair I enough. didn't even know the existence of Moon Logic until I started talking to people online in the last couple of years. I just some games were harder and some puzzles were harder, but I didn't realize that like not making sense versus harder were two different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to just refer to Moon Logic as enraging or <laughs> effing ridiculous. <laughs> it wasn't until very recently that I came across the term Moon Logic, so I didn't know what to call it before. But yeah, nonsensical is generally what I regarded it as when you have mm -hmm. something like, um, um, I can't even think of like a really good, yeah, the, the pie in the face of a Yeti is a pretty good example of what I would consider kind of moon logic. But, uh, you know, there's things like the, um, you know, the, uh, to use the most famous examples, like the cat hair mustache or the, mm -hmm. uh, weird rubber duck pulley thing in, um, uh, what's that game? the longest journey mm -hmm. but like i said there's that is just a little bit on the extreme side but things like dark half it, it was just it doesn't hold up to scrutiny in the slightest bit and i even knew that at the time but mm -hmm. that's just what video games were to me yeah mm -hmm. so yeah. Further, further to your point anna it was just sort of like well, yeah, sure, it didn't make sense. It's not supposed to make sense. It's a video game. You just do what you just try to get. Right. It, it's all just about guessing what the designer had in mind. It almost <laughs> never makes sense. Why would it now? That would be weird. <laughs> Especially if you're trying sense. to, you're trying to guess what the designer thinks that you have in mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how deep does this go? You know, and, and you know what's, what's really unfair is is um. Uh, I hate how the the pie and the yeti thing gets gets lambasted. It, obviously, with a grain of salt, and all all in in the name of a good time or a laugh. You know, so I get it. I'm not taking it as like I'm not triggered, basically, by <laughs> by anybody making fun of it. But it's weird how that one that one is like, man, that was so stupid. And then the the rubber chicken pulley from Monkey Island is is just like, it, it's just renowned. Like, oh my god, that was comedic <laughs> genius. Like, I don't know, man. In the moment, it's not that funny. Like when, <laughs> when you don't know how to get across the bloody pond and you're supposed to shove, you know, a, a pulley up a rubber chicken and then put the chicken around the rope like that. That's that is moon logic. I'm just saying yeah. I'm not well, I'm not saying it's not funny in the end, but it's you know, it's moon logic. This is going into a whole um, can of worms of a, of a topic of, in and of itself where it's just sort of a, a tone, right? Monkey right. Island could get away with that because it established the tone that that is something well within the realm of its universe, whereas you would not get away with that in King's Quest. Um, mm -hmm. the, the thing that gets me about the pie in the Yeti's face is more just the fact that, like, I'm pretty sure most people who tried that were thinking they were going to offer the pie to the Yeti to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! But then it's sort of like, oh, I guess that also worked, you know? Oh it's my god, like he threw it! Oh my god, he fell off a cliff! <laughs> Oh, it should have worked. <laughs> it's like I just wanted to like satiate his appetite. I didn't want to kill a guy. <laughs> you have no choice. That's great. Or maybe someone uh, actually figured it out. We were like, "Hey, I have a pie. Why don't I just throw it in his face?" 
Well, speaking of King's <laughs> Quest, the game I've brought up a few other times as well as King's Quest Eight, and that's well known to be a game that's not necessarily on everybody's top 10 lists. But again, at the time, I was impatient for a King's Quest game. It had been a long time. I wasn't super happy with uh, King's Quest Seven personally. So it came out and I played it. And for all of its flaws, I thought it was a fun game. Mm. Yeah, I had I had fun checking it out, wandering around, taking the role of Connor and his lovely name. I thought it was good. <laughs> That is, you know what? That is the perfect name for a swordsman and a knight. Anybody who's ever said otherwise is a fool. If I ever heard a name that was just perfect for that, it'd be Connor. Yeah. I think it's really his name that made the game what it was, which no, is exactly. better than, you know, you would think. I know. So, so go play it. Even nowadays, it, it turns out it only takes about 20 minutes of troubleshooting to get it to run on just about any modern computer. <laughs> no less than 20 minutes, guaranteed. It took me about 30, so... Yeah. I mean, I honestly didn't even know King's Quest Eight existed until like recently. That's really? How, that's how oh. little I actually followed King's Quest. I uh, <laughs> I dropped off the face of um, most Sierra games by the time it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really only knew it existed within like the last few years because I'm really that far detached from that series. Um, but so I don't know. I mean, I guess people had their moment of hating it, but I've also and they still do. Don't get me wrong. I still see a lot of hate <laughs> for that game. But I've also seen quite a lot of people who defend it insofar as saying great game, not King's Quest. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if that had come out and it would have been Connor's Journey. Yeah. I would have been like, oh, what's this? But you know what? I wouldn't have bought it if that's what the name was. And to be fair, if it wasn't a King's Quest game, I never would have played it because it wouldn't have been on my radar at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I would have bought it if it was Connor's Quest because that's how much I love <laughs> that name. <laughs> I mean, I, I would have bought it if I wasn't too busy watching Bloody Highlander. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> but the music was beautiful. In the game, the art was very pretty. I loved the maps in the game. The controls were awkward. You had to direct the camera and, Mm. you know, pick where you wanted him to look. So a lot of the scenarios or puzzles, so to speak, would be happening behind you or above you. And and you'd be like, why the heck do I keep on dying? Well, you can be like, when I go into the mill, I have to look up. Oh, okay. I'm getting hit by the mill going around Mm. or whatever. So um, So. uh, as quick as possible, how does Connor tie into the whole story? Is he actually secretly a um, uh, related to Graham? Oh, or is he's he... the guardian of the village. He's a local artist. He's known to have an interest in Sarah. Like, I'm not asking who he is as a person. I mean, like, how does no, he tie into there. King's Quest? I'm getting there. He was an inhabitant of Daventry. Connor, hang on. A young townsperson was about to become the most important person in the world's history after he talked to his friend Sarah. The mask of eternity reigned on the land. One piece landed at Connor's feet. Just as he picked it up, the supernatural spell reached the ground. In a flash, every inhabitant turned to stone, except for him. Okay, so but so he's, he's just he a, was the a only person who wasn't of Daventry? <laughs> so that, that, yes. yeah, that's it. That was just it. Just it takes place in Daventry. That's the only connection. Wow. Yes. Okay. See, so that, that that alone is disappointing because they, <laughs> yeah. they did such a good job of one of the strengths of that series. Uh, like I'm, I'm at six now, was how, like you know, you have Manananan in three, 
and and then he shows mm-hmm. back up in five, and you meet Kasima Kasima in five, and she's in six. Like I liked how they kept, you know, they made it mm-hmm. its own little universe. That was really nice. So it's totally surprising they abandoned all the, you know, they were getting to like Simpsons level of characters, and they just abandoned them all for Connor. Mm-hmm. There were little references here and there, but overall, no, not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Connor, as I've mentioned before, was a little bit dry. Oh, but again, as as personality wait, actually, goes. hang on a second. It just occurred to me. Um, it's not officially King's Quest Eight, is it? It's just King's Quest Mask of Eternity. Like I know people refer to it as King's Quest Eight, but isn't it just King's Quest Mask of Eternity? So maybe that's sort of like their way of breaking away from the um, the through line of like the King Graham's family was just that. Well, it's King's Quest insofar as it's that universe, but it's not officially King's Quest Eight. It's King's mm-hmm. Quest Mask of Eternity. I'd have to get my box down. You have yeah, to I'm hold actually, on a moment. And I'll I look. just, I just did that. I've got, I've got it here. Oh, have you it, got the box there? Okay. I, and it, yeah, it's nowhere, nowhere on here. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't Which say did, eight, I, right? No, correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it as known as King's Quest Eight: Mask of Eternity, but I don't think it's actually labeled as such. Yeah, it, it's King's Quest Eight as much as Police Quest Four is Police Quest Four, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That I would agree with you there. Yep. Okay, so it doesn't have to be connected to the King Graham's family. See, when I was younger and I didn't know any different about companies, I thought Mask of Eternity was the answer to the Quest for Glory series, not understanding that they Mm. weren't actually in competition with each other. I'm just like, oh, this is the next logical step. Right. Because Sierra's always progressing. It's like, you know, King's Quest, the, the king is Graham. You know what I mean? Like the 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 king in quest is is Graham, and and so therefore Graham's family. I'm just saying that the 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 title King's Quest should still kind of just without saying include Graham, but whatever. I uh, you know in hindsight, for, uh, speaking on behalf of them, I think they made a mistake of doing two totally different new things at once. Like they went for the mm-hmm. the 3D, and they added a bunch of action elements, and they abandoned Graham. Like maybe they should have kept mm. kept the kept the Graham family if they were going to change the way the game plays. No, I don't necessarily Keep something think, familiar. For, for me personally, I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, I think that if they're going to go with like a whole other play style, like just switch genres almost entirely, then why do you need to make it about Graham's family? Like, you know, I, I don't think that... I think this is the perfect excuse to um, to do something different. Right. Yeah, and I agree. Well, I I agree. I not that I necessarily agree. Agree. I, I see exactly what you mean. And obviously, you know, Roberta Williams agrees. But I I think for me and and maybe other people, like the the complete disattachment and have zero interest in playing it yeah. is like there's not one thing that I can hold on to and be like because I like the first seven, I should play this. There is yeah. no. You know what I mean? If you like the first seven, there's like no reason to to play this one if if you don't. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there is a reason Graham's not involved, though, because every single like when I mentioned before, everybody's stone, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that means everybody, including the king and the queen and anybody else that could potentially have anything to do with this quest, right? So they did tie it up pretty neatly. But for me, it's sort of like, I understand that as a company, King's Quest was like a marquee title. So they have to throw it on there. So people know that they're supposed to buy it. Um artistically speaking, it might have been better if it was something like Tales of Daventry or something like that. Like, break away from King's Quest so people don't 
try to compare it to the other games in the series if it's not if it's only like really so loosely connected at all yeah mm-hmm. you know i mean if it was something like daventry mask of eternity or something like that mm-hmm. right uh but then you know they'd probably lose money because people don't know that they're supposed to buy it because it's not called king's quest so that's true but yeah so i i, I totally get what you mean on this one yeah it 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 defied the odds to if it's actually fun at all. Just people um, didn't <laughs> like it because it wasn't. It called itself King's Quest, and it did mm-hmm. not do anything to resemble King's Quest except throw in a few <laughs> references here and there. So people right. were upset. But um, like I said, you being a sh- uh, being one example, but other people have also said that it was fun, just not a King's Quest, right? Yeah, it was almost what I imagined the next Quest for Glory might be like when it came out. Right. Yeah, because I, I was jonesing for a new Quest for Glory game. I wanted one mm. so bad. So this came out and I was like, oh, this actually kind of fills that niche. Thank you. That's actually a really cool way to... Uh, it's an interesting angle to come at it from. So that's probably yeah. why yeah why you enjoyed it more than most others did. Yeah, if you were like solely a, a diehard King's Quest fan, then yeah, but I was already a little turned off from the series anyways. Ah, oh, yeah. At that yeah. point, I was a bit disheartened and I'm like, well, at least it's not like, I'm sorry, seven, so. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. All right, so I'm not I'm not totally sure about this one as far as where, I, I don't really know where this game stands. Maybe you can, it, both of you can enlighten me, but... But I think that more than not, Phantasmagoria is regarded as not a good game. And yes, that's correct. Right, and I and I I I get that. I do. I see all the things that everyone else sees, but it's still fun. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a B horror movie. Like it's not. Well, I don't know what this was actually supposed to be, but, but <laughs> in, in in regards to a B horror movie, it's not supposed to be. You know a masterpiece of cinema it's just a good time and and that's completely right. how i see phantasmagoria that you know it's it's just mm-hmm. it's just fun like i really enjoy it i couldn't relate it any better than a bihar movie like if, if you know if you know what you signed up for you shouldn't you shouldn't really be able to complain i think it, it is what it's supposed to be maybe at the time it was marketed as more of like you know this cutting edge you know interactive movie and and the quality is through the roof and this and that i don't know but i'm just saying if if you're on if you're on the fence about it because of what people are saying but you're also aware mm-hmm. that it's just like a silly good time it's mm-hmm. it was a lot of fun well that's the thing I, i'm not sure if it was really intended to be a good time i think it was trying to be like scary like i think it was actually yeah. trying to like play it very straight um i don't think it was really going for schlock i think it just was right <laughs> like, right. Um, well, they took it super seriously, right? I mean, I was I was just I reading about this. They had uh, they had over two dozen actors. It was it was only supposed to cost under a million, but it ended up costing almost five million dollars. And uh, you know, every, all the gore was done in FX studios. It was it was really a big deal. They they filmed yeah. for like four months. They had actors doing these twelve hour shifts. It was really quite intense. So when when you take that into account, watching it, you can almost just like think about the passion and how cool everything they were doing was in the game. And it, it's a little bit better, maybe. Yeah, well, it's funny because I have two perspectives of it too. Where, where when I, I played it when it came out with with my dad and brother, and I was, I was young. When did this come out? Ninety five, ninety six. So I would have mm-hmm. been. Let's just go with the ish factor. I would have been uh, about twelve, and it scared 
the shit out of me. I bet. Oh, okay. So it actually did at the time. Yeah. Now I I don't know if I was you know twenty or thirty at the time if I if it would have. But but twelve years old when that came out, like uh, the oh the one death where where he's sho- shoving the dirt down her throat. Uh, that I had nightmares oh, about yeah. that scene for mm. for like weeks. So it, it it delivered it delivered twice for me. Once as they intended when it came out and I was twelve, it was genuinely scary. And then again when I was older, uh, as more of a B movie. So. You know, that could be the aging factor, too, because it is hard nowadays to not look at her in, like, her bongo mom jeans <laughs> and not have, you know, not have a bit of yuck. And <laughs> the gore effects are great. I'm playing through it right now. I think uh, I'm impressed with what they did outside of the acting, which, you know, may not have been the most amazing acting. I think I think it's great fun for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, then... Um... What do you think, dear listeners? Uh, are there any games that you think defied the odds to be a lot more fun than they maybe necessarily should have been? Uh, let us know. Send us an email at mail at classicgamersguild.com or you can join the discussion in our Facebook group. You can follow our Facebook page for updates on when the episodes go live. Follow us on Twitter at the CG Guild. Follow us on Instagram at CGG Podcast. And if you would like to support the show, we are on Patreon. Come find us at the Classic Gamers Guild. We appreciate all of you supporters of ours on Patreon, including those of you in the extra special thanks tier, Mark Fillion and Jay Holmes. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for your contributions. And, uh, of course, we thank all of you listeners for uh, making us do what we do. <laughs> Have a good night. If you disagree with us, we agree with you. Don't do a murder. Mm-hmm.